0: Welcome to Bible Education Institute Podcast. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, the topic we have is Charles Spurgeon. His full name is Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And he lived from 1834 to 1892, and he was known as the Prince of Preachers. And uh, I was uh, researching his uh, his life and everything. And it was v- very interesting. Um, he was uh, let me see, he was born uh, June nineteenth, eighteen thirty four, of uh, Kelvin, Essex, England, and uh, he was there. Then, as he was really young, his parents uh, wanted him to stay with his grandparents and his grandfather was a minister also and uh, they taught him a lot he's real close with his grandfather and uh then he had to um then he had to move on and go to school which that was hard on him but um <clears throat> you know he applied himself and all and then uh, let's see then he was trying to figure out whether to go to college or what. He uh, he wanted to go <clears throat> to one of the prestigious colleges there, uh, but you had to be in England at the time. don't know how it is now, but at the time, you had to be a certain level in life or with the right family or whatever to get into that. And so then he was thinking about going to a, another seminary college or whatever he prayed about it and uh his uh then the lord had gave him a uh, gave him scripture as he was reading and praying and seeking god and everything and the lord gave him uh jeremiah chapter forty five verse five and it says this is king james I'm reading out of, and it says and seekest thou great things for thyself. Seek them not. For behold, I will bring evil upon all flesh. Saith the Lord, but thy life will I give unto thee for for a prey in all places, whither thou goest. And so therefore, um, he decided not to further his education and he was just going to depend on God. It, 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 and the rest of his life, um, he refused to take any uh, adulations or anything, um, any kind of uh, like honorary degrees or wars or anything like that. He refused that. He, he just wanted to be humble before God. And because he stayed humble before God, he was known all around the world. And back then it was difficult because all he really had uh, was like you know, literal newspapers, uh, possible telegrams, stuff like that, uh, because there was no television, radio, nothing like that. So it was a lot more difficult, but he would pack houses. I mean, you know, uh, he started one church as kind of like, just kind of filling in part-time, and then when they call him, you know, to be their their full-time pastor, um, they, uh, they grew so fast, and they had to literally leave that building and get a gigantic building or build one, whatever, and and they called that one uh, that was called the Metropolitan Tabernacle Church in England, and the denomination at that time it was called Reformed Baptist Tradition. But he just preached the Bible, preached the Word of God, and stayed like that, you know. And um, let's see. And you, there's a lot of documentaries you can watch on YouTube and stuff. And uh, one of them was, uh, let me see, can't think of the name, but it was just with Charles Spurgeon and they'll pop up. Uh, but it was really good and um, just tells you a lot about them. And I think they're still kind of proud of them from England. You know, they got a statue of them and everything, uh, like in where his, his, he lived at with his wife and it was interesting because his wife had before you know before they got married and stuff and they, were, like, they hadn't really met and she was kind of had backslide backslid you know she wasn't where she needed to be in God and she was she was kind of arrogant and so when she saw him he was just he was a country boy down home and uh, his clothing was not the best and some of it you know like his handkerchiefs whatever a little tattered. You know, not quite. I uh, mean, you know, up to speed at that particular time, and she looked at him like, "Wow, what a you like a bumpkin or something," you know. But then, as she went there and heard the word of God uh, preached, he she um, uh, she rededicated her to life and became a strong Christian. And you know, as time went on, they started courting, dating, whatever you want to call it, and then get you know, they got married. She was always right there with him through everything. He started multiple ministries. I think he said there's like 30 different ministries, you know, helping children and people and stuff. In fact, they had one for like, um, uh, for children that didn't have any homes or parents. And he had started that back in the 1800s and still going on today. Now, whether or not it's, you know, a true biblical Christian organization now I don't know, but it was at that time when he was around and he was able to to, you know, raise money and stuff for all these different ministries and the church of course, the people worked with him and so it just grew and grew, went all around the world. And uh and he was also known in America. And in fact, um Moody went there and heard him and stuff. And I think they were kind of, I don't know, acquaintances or friends, whatever. But it was quite interesting I mean of course you know from time to time the newspapers back then the so-called reporters whatever you know they always try to you know find problems with it and you know try to make it look bad and like that but he weathered through it with his wife and uh, that's just how it was and but he was you know he uh, let me read you some of the stuff that he quoted one of the quotes is um, they will never accept grace unless they tremble before a just and holy law. Because the law of God's Ten Commandments, the more God's moral law, brings conviction when you look at it because you know you can't meet up to it. And back then they preached they'd also put the law into their messages because that convicts you. Therefore you turn to grace because you because of the law. And uh, he also had another one. Oh yeah, and the other quote that, that really hit me was, if you are not concerned for the lost, you must not be saved yourselves. So if you don't care about other people dying and going to hell because they have not uh, realized they've broken God's moral law, and which means they've sinned against God, Um, and they're on their way to hell and if you don't care about telling them about uh, the gospel of good news which is that the law shows us that we're guilty and therefore we need a savior which is jesus christ but that's what he was all about he was all about he had fire brimstone messages and i know now probably the last 30 years or more you hear oh we don't need that and all that kind of stuff in fact you can go to uh, the first um, the first podcast, which is called at the turn of the 20th century. That explains to you why we have this new this new thing, and it started at the turn of the century, uh, at the turn of the 20th century, which is now God um, uh, wants you to have a wonderful life and all this stuff, you know. But that's not how it works. That's not reality, and that's that's not the true gospel. True gospel is always using God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, showing we're guilty. You got to first know. We have to first know that we're guilty of something, and what is sin, and how did I sin? So you got to know how um how we're guilty in the first place to realize we need we need a savior. We need to repent. We need it as God. For mercy, you know, and and that's God for forgiveness and then transfer our trust from ourselves to Christ alone. And, uh, but it's really a very fascinating, um, it's a very fascinating man and um, he just loved God and stayed humble all his life until his death. And he died in eighteen ninety two. See, yep, he died in eighteen ninety two, and he died on January thirty first, eighteen ninety two, at fifty seven at the Mentenau Pest Maritimes, France. And, um, let's see. And his, his wife's name was Susanna Spurgeon. And she was born, I guess, Susanna Thompson. And she lived from 1832 to 1903. So she lived a little longer than he did. You know? um, and his children were Charles and Thomas Spurgeon. They were twins, actually. And uh, let's see. And the parents of Charles Spurgeon was John and Elsa Spurgeon and um, and then let me see it says uh, so he started out uh, he was the pastor of the congregation of New Park Street Chapel later they they had to get a bigger place and call it the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London for 38 years he was part of several controversies with the Baptist Union of Great Britain, and later <coughs> he left the denomination over doctrinal convictions. So he reminds me a lot of, of, of Martin Luther when he had disputes with the Catholic Church because of their doctrine that wasn't biblical. Um, and he founded, he actually founded uh, Spurgeon's College which was named after him posthumously, so that means after he died, they, they did that. Uh, he authored many types of works, including sermons and autobiography, commentaries, books on prayer, devotionals, magazines, poetry, hymns, and more. Many sermons were transcribed as he spoke and were translated into many languages during his lifetime. He is said to have produced powerful sermons of penetrating thought and precise exposition, his, his oratory skills are said to have held his listeners spellbound in the Metropolitan Tabernacle. And many Christians hold his writings in exceptional high regard among devotional literature. In fact, I just got one in today. I had ordered it, uh, I, like I said it in previous podcasts, you can go to Abe Books, that's A-B-E Books, and you get used books, new books, whatever, but they're real cheap, especially the used ones. Um, and there's some other ones like thrift books and some other things, but, um, so, and I've uh, got his, um, his daily devotional and it, it's called, uh, in the evening. It's, it's really cool. Uh yeah, also you can go, uh, if there's a Bible that has a lot of his stuff in it, like his quotes and all like that. And um, it's called the Evidence Bible, and you can go to either Amazon or AbeBooks or whatever, or the various books, dealers online, or buy a book, whatever, or um, you can go straight. It, it, it's uh, created by uh, Ray Comfort of Living Waters, and just go to livingwaters.com and just go to the his store, the online store there, and you can pick one up. Really good, fantastic, fantastic stuff, but it's very interesting um so let's see some of his works are "Cheer for daily life one of the rarest works printed in 1898 with only three copies printed and barely referenced in history one reference can be found in the annual american catalog 1898 "Cheer for life where work referenced uh he did he had 2200 quotations from the writings of Charles H. Spurgeon's, really great stuff. I mean, this man, God really used him and he just stayed humble before God. You know, when you stay humble before the Lord, it's surprising how God can use you. It's an amazing thing. You know, um, what I've found, I mean, I'm not knocking education is great if you can find the right school, but these days, and today is uh, Sunday, November 22nd of 2020, the last 30, 40 years, probably longer than that, a whole lot longer than that, but a lot of seminaries now have become very worldly, and, you know, they they treat the Bible as just a literature book and not something to really, you know, believe in or depend on, anything like that, and so actually, it's just better to do your own research or be partnered with like a good, solid, biblical pastor that can actually help you. And take all the, there's a lot of online stuff. out. you can go to livingwaters.com and they have all kinds of uh, uh, courses you can take and it's very cheap. You can take it and just do it yourself. It's fantastic. But if you can find a good Christian college, that's great, you know. But it's hard these days, I'm telling you. Um, Let me see. So, So, anyway, so that's, that's just a little bit, you know, with these podcasts, we just give you a little taste of it and hope you do your own research and kind of get into it. You know, go uh, just go on YouTube and online and stuff and just read about it. It's very, very fascinating stuff. But these are the preachers who gave us a good foundation, you know, through the modern age. Who, um, It's really good. and There's so many. There's like, uh, let me see, there's John Wesley you can look up. Um, D.L. Moody, who's from America, Matthew Henry, he was around the 1600s, and uh, in fact, you get the Matthew Henry commentary still being used today, Charles Finney, let me see, and then, of course, Martin Luther, you know, which I think we're going to do that next week. Uh, The Next week, I'm going to you a lot i have a lot of information on him actually i think you'll enjoy that Um, probably go a little bit further with him another one is john wycliffe and um he did the fox's book of martyrs great that's another book we're going to be doing in the near future um but yeah just amazing things he was all and john wycliffe was a biblical translator and so you have they have wycliffe ministries and they're they translate the Bible in uh, books and stuff in uh, all the languages of the world. That's a big task. So anyways, so if you listen to this podcast and you don't know God, and, uh, just just remember what I've told you, that we've all uh, broken God's moral law, the 10 commandments. You know, we've lied, uh, stolen. That means if you just took anything, didn't bring it back, borrowed it, or whatever, pen, don't matter how small it is, don't matter how long ago it was, if you do it one time, because God's standards are so high, they're a lot higher than ours. We excuse everything. We create a God in our own mind, which is another—it's um, another commandment: of not to make any grave of an image. But we do it in our minds, and we accept everything we do as okay. But it's not okay to God, so we break His laws. And just like if you go before a judge, you got speeding tickets, um, and you have to pay that price. And if if the money's too much then you have to go to jail but if somebody you don't know comes and he pays the fine the judge can legally set you free and that's what christ did he came to set us free and he came about three three and a half years uh, over two thousand years ago and he, he he walked among people and everything and gave the gospel which means uh the good news how to get to heaven through him and then he went and sacrificed so he could be a one-time sacrifice before that they had to do animal sacrifices to satisfy uh, the judgment of God for a short period of time but he came Jesus was the one-time fact uh, sacrifice because he had to be completely holy and he was uh he was the son of the living God and he came and he paid the price so we didn't have to you know and he was beaten and hung on the cross with nails and I mean tortured everything he took the punishment we should have had, but now we can come through faith believing. And, and so we know we've already, if he, if he even lied, uh, which is very false witness, you already broke a commandment. You only had to do it one time, no matter how long ago it was. So we're all, we're all guilty. We all need to be saved. And so we, we need to come with a sorrowful heart, come to God and ask for forgiveness because we've broken his laws and so he could show us mercy and that way you can spend eternity with with him instead of um going where all, all the people go who don't ask for forgiveness or they're arrogant and they don't they don't want to bow their knee to god and one day the bible says all knees will bow you know but you don't want to be on the judgment side that when you die you end up in hell and, and the bible describes it as burning where your teeth grind, the pain's so bad, and the worm never dies. There's a worm that, you know, when people die, there's worms that who eat the body and everything. And um, there, there's a worm that never dies. That you have to deal with that and being inflamed. And God gives you a body that will never be consumed, that will never be destroyed, and you'll just feel that forever, never, never, with a memory of all the times that you could have come to God, because. Uh, because he says in Matthew chapter ten, uh, Jesus says, "If you deny me before the the Father, I, I mean, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father." You know, so we must repent. The Bible says that there's only one way to God. God is um, God is exclusive, not inclusive. There's only one way to God. And that's a straight and narrow road that means you got to go his way there's no other way to go and um so we have to humble ourselves as a child the bible says people don't want to humble themselves they want to go their own way but it doesn't work that way so you repent transfer the trust from yourself to god alone uh, to christ alone then start reading the bible daily and doing what it says you know it's not rock and science it's real simple and that's what Bible Education Institute is here for, making the Bible simple to understand. People complicate stuff when it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just that simple. In fact, most things people say complicated. is really not. They just don't want to deal with certain issues, so they say it's complicated. And that's all it's about. So until next time, remember, come to Christ. And God bless you Till next time we meet.